millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello and welcome to another edition of your favorite podcast, Insane in the Membrane. Insane in the Membrane. Greetings, weary travelers. How are you? I hope you're well. We're back once again with the renegade master, Rich Wilson, and producer Paul. We've also got uh, our actual guest sitting in while we do this, uh, which is unusual. Just checking the train times. <laughs> Paul Sweeney is our guest this week. The man, the myth, the legend. You would have seen his me post about him on, on the socials and mention him in various places. And basically, my, my I think, yeah, he became my common law partner for a bit um yeah we, we, we were quite the married little couple weren't we we, we were about those, yeah blissful. it was nice wasn't it yeah yeah making sure we both ate properly and cleaned our teeth yeah yeah we could fart in harmony by the end of it couldn't i we? think that's how i knew yeah. you knew i was awake yeah yeah uh, i didn't realize how thin the walls were when like getting woken up by miles <laughs> davis every morning <laughs> tuning up yeah yeah, yeah. Pop. Yeah. Oh, Richie's oh, up. I put the kettle on. <laughs> it's like Johnny Briggs. <laughs> that that's is for the old reference. It's for the old That's on the cusp of my existence, and I was born in 1982. You're pulling up Johnny Briggs. Now I know the demographic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus Christ. We're the new, we've gone from being the Jilted generation to the last of the Summer Wine generation. Yeah, I would have started talking about some Mother's Do album <laughs> if I'd known that this is the direction it was going to go in. For those fans of Rising Damp. Yeah. I've had a bit of trouble. <laughs> oh, Betty. <laughs> so, uh, I hope everyone's well. I hope you're doing all right. The build-up for Christmas is here. Uh, I know. I got I got the arse because Christmas songs are playing in TK Maxx at end of November. No, October. It's and no then but then suddenly songs. it's like then suddenly it's like oh, I haven't done anything. Mm. Got a Christmas tree. Done that. Done the tree. Mm-hmm. Um we the put tree the tree. Yeah, it was in the back, wasn't it? And then Zoe was like, You've gone early with that, mate. I'm like, What? No, Christmas Christmas songs in TK Maxx, that's bleak, isn't, isn't it? it? Yeah. It's it was yeah. I it's one of them when the when the when the because the thing is when it stopped when that happens you got the Christmas stuff and then Boxing Day they wiggle out the Easter eggs you know like, all right fucking chill out I remember like one of my first Christmases being single in my thirties yeah and uh, I'd gone to McDonald's after a gig and it was I think it was the first year they'd started putting Merry Christmas on the bags oh right <laughs> oh, it's not going to be a Merry Christmas <laughs> I'm eating McDonald's on like three days before Christmas Eve oh, and mate. I'm on my own <laughs> I remember doing a New Year's Eve in a lay-by 
I was. It was actually quite nice. We. <laughs> it was nice because it was I was. Yeah, it was. It was. A, How bad of all your other New Year's <laughs> Eve's oh, been that having a New Year's Eve and a lay-by was quite nice. <laughs> New Year's Eve is notoriously shit. It's always shit. It, I would have gone in darker with that McDonald's story if I know this is where it was going. <laughs> it wasn't even in a lay-by. Oh, it was in God. a. It was on a. I tell you where it was. It was in a on a bend, up a country lane. In, 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 on a, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was dogging on yeah. my own. There's no, me and another bloke with a Christmas hat. Dogging, bit quiet Christmas. tonight, isn't it? <laughs> um, and no, it was so I'd, I'd done I'd done a couple of gigs, and then we had a party to get to down in uh, down in uh, Chatham in Kent. Bloody hell, it gets better. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stay in the lane. I was with you. I was with my uh, my ex-wife uh, India. She was my wife at the time. Lovely, lovely, lovely India. And um, we were just like, we ain't get, we're not gonna make the bells. This is daft. So we ended up like pulling off the motorway and then driving up through these lanes like top speed. I went, I know there's somewhere up high. We'll get up high and we'll see fireworks and things like that. So we pull into this bit by this gate and then we just sat on the bonnet and then there was a bottle of prosecco in the car, so she had a bit of that and, and it was, you know, we had, so we toasted in the new year and then we did that in a lay-by. Sounds like a British Curtis film. Yeah, it was a bit of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I forgot. This isn't the podcast. This is the introduction. Yeah. So uh, thank you to all of our lovely patrons as well for your continued support. Honestly, it doesn't go unnoticed. You are a wonderful bunch of people helping us keep the lights on here at um, Dark Horse Digital. Um, all the money you give us for the for the patrons does go back into the podcast. So thanks very much for that. We really appreciate that. Um, anyway, we've dicked around enough. Coming up in a minute, it's Paul Sweeney. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. A podcast from producer Paul Dakota UK. Uh- Insane in the membrane. We used to play shitheads, and mm. you were you were giddy when you were about to fuck someone over. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen someone so animated in my life. And then when he'd win, <laughs> the fucking cackle at the end. <laughs> ah, he jumped up down on the sofa. Not a time. Fuck you, fuck you. Um, ah! What are you talking about? <laughs> Making me sound like one of the chimpanzees in the PG Tips <laughs> yeah, commercial. Yeah. Just like Ricky Gervais. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I pressed record, so. Uh, yeah, we started all the way. Oh, this is God. It. <laughs> yeah, there's no big introduction, mate. We do want you to get red light. Was it red light fever? Is that what they call when it? They, when he pressed record, because everyone, everyone's like chatting away and then. Turn like, the you, red light yeah, on. And they go, um, oh, when you, it's when you it's singers, isn't it? The pressure's on. Before they before they're recording, like they're all like, yeah, belting it all out, and then the red light goes on, and they turns to shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Beatles, no yeah. Bee Gees, not Beatles. It's <laughs> whack. Um, yeah, that's if like I say, if you weren't if you weren't, yeah, relentless in your piss taking, especially when you're when you have a, when you have a a partner mm. in it. So, like, when you and Kate get together... Oh, yeah. It's, it's fucking... <laughs> That's I, right, yeah, he's short, isn't he? <laughs> I, have a, <laughs> I have a real thing for teaming up with my friends' partners mm. to then bully them. Yeah, it's called bullying, Paul. Yeah, it's called yeah. bullying. It is called bullying. <laughs> but it comes from a real place of love. It does. I it don't does bully you, people yeah. I don't like. No, I know. I haven't got time for them. No. And I don't... Worthless people. Yeah, I only really see people I like as well now. <laughs> it's the great thing about being 40 is just manage to remove people that I don't like from my life. Yeah, and just see. Uh, it's why I spend a lot of time on my own. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, living in your... <laughs> Living yeah. in your Spartan flat. Yeah, but it's quality, not quantity. Right. Okay. Right now. So, like, reduce the circle. Mm. Bring them all in. It's not really a circle, though. It's you not. You and your girlfriend. <laughs> and me. It's a line. <laughs> I worry. I do worry about you, but then I think it's the same. You should. With all of us. <laughs> but it's the same with all of us, isn't it? We have those. We have peaks and troughs. We have moments where... I think the winter fucks us up. I think we talk about this every year. Mm. We, I think we always forget that fundamentally we're animals. We should be hibernating, but we, but because it's cold and it's damp and it's miserable. Yeah, don't go out. No, and we forget, yeah. and then we walk, we're walking around feeling a bit shit. We go, yeah, because it's winter. Mm. And I think you know that you know, sad is a real thing, like seasonal, seasonal affected disorder. Yeah, yeah. That's but I we, just yeah. I you need a lamp. <laughs> but aren't we like we're all living organisms like we rely on like sunlight, right? Yeah. It's like anything you, like you can call it photosynthesis if you want Ooh. or vitamin D. Like we all we all need light. We all need light. So when the light isn't there for as long as it normally is yeah. and it's a lot darker, you feel a lot more solemn and you don't feel like going out. No. 
you just want to yeah like you say you want to hibernate yeah and just and and you want to be warm and you want to nest and if you don't have someone to be warm and nest with then it can be quite lonely yeah. and then that only makes the the sad times worse yeah, that's, but yeah. then we're far, far more sociable in good weather and and sunshine and in the summertime yeah yeah we yeah, go yeah. out and and that's you know that's when we feel sexy. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I do feel sexy in <laughs> you the feel springtime. Sexy in the summertime. Yeah. yeah, it's it's. I'm def. I always say that spring's my favourite. Yeah. Season because it just feels so full of optimism and possibility. Maybe you're just more in tune with your your natural side. You know your rhythms. Your yeah. Because <laughs> you've moved to Brighton now. So yes. You're sticking crystals up your bum and that. Oh, right up my bum. <laughs> And I'm getting offended on behalf of others. Yeah. I'm questioning my sexuality. Great. I'm really yeah. getting into it. Really getting. How many know? dream catchers have you got? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I've got? I've actually got. I've got a pendant that is a dream catcher. That's on a leather necklace and it's on it's attached to my bedside lamp right i've also got a rosary as well so now i'm making sure i'm covering all bases yeah that's really nice yeah <laughs> when i have my yeah, my, yeah. in case mother nature lets you down then you've got god on your side exactly yeah so if i have a nightmare really... i would roll over and just touch the things yeah make me feel better rub the rosary <laughs> rub the rosary <laughs> or apologize just... to it when i've been on my own for too long in my bed <laughs> run around the room trying to catch dreams it's <laughs> just swinging your necklace around yeah there's got to be a dream in here somewhere if you don't have a dream, how you gonna have a dream come true? Just singing happy talk yeah, yeah, to yourself yeah. from South In Pacific. My pants. Kate's like, right, that's the last time I'm going out. Yeah, you're not, not leaving you on your own anymore. Yeah, you're coming to work with me. Yeah. Can't leave you on your own in the yeah. flat. And that's all year round, not this week. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's not just yeah. every season. That's the up times, the down times. <laughs> it's, um, <laughs> I found, I, I realised... I keep getting lost in my own head and I, I waste hours, hmm. hours. Like, and Kate will come and she'll go, what have you been doing? I go, oh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I've seen I'm you. I'm spiralling. I've seen you do that when we were living yeah, together. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And just... we'll get up and like have coffee and have a little chat yeah. in the in the living room and then the conversation will end. We'll go off, I'll go do something and I'll yeah. walk past your room and you're sat on the end of the bed. Yeah, just <laughs> miserable. What are you doing in the dark? Yeah. Just with the light of your phone on your face. <laughs> like, Mate, like, open the curtains, turn a light on, do something. Like, It's the middle yeah, of summer. I know. You don't need the blackout blinds down. Well, there was you're the, not me. The pair of us were going like, have you been out today? Yeah. That was the, that was the nice thing. Yeah. When, yeah, we made... That wasn't even lockdown. No, that was just after. <laughs> total freedom. Yeah, like you go where you want, yeah. do what you want. Are you, have you been out today? I felt so conditioned, like so easily fell out of my rhythm. Mm. As soon, like, I don't want to dwell on the lockdown because I feel like everyone's probably spoken enough about it. But it was amazing how quickly I fell out of all of my good habits. Yeah. Like everything that I rely on for good mental health. Mm which is, you know, moderate exercise, not going to the extremes anymore because I've learnt what that does to me. But well, yeah, like, cycling from Land's End to John O'Groats or whatever it is, what, what yeah, you did. I did that for charity, though, Rich. All right, mate, yeah, of course you did. How sad were you then when you did that? <laughs> really sad. <laughs> really, really sad, yeah. But um, but it got me out of something. Yeah, true. Like, true. You know, it did, like, I, I sort of, I needed to do something really extreme mm. to combat 
the extreme of the opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah. Like the the sort of that's probably one of the darkest points in my life. But then I was fortunate un, fortunate enough to have things put into perspective, um, and met someone who, uh, through one of the barbershops that I was working at, had um, come very close to losing his life mm. and was saved by the London's Air Ambulance, was involved in a, a road traffic accident. He was on his bicycle, um, a guy named Dave Atkinson, who's a lovely human being. Um, he was getting his hair cut and his beard trimmed at the barbershop that mm. I worked at by another barber. And he just always seemed to be about. It was in Covent Garden and there's a little coffee shop over the road from the barbershop. And he was always around and I'd sit on the bench in the morning and have a coffee and a mm. cigarette before I started work. And we started chatting. And I was like, what's your what's your deal? Mm. You're never working. What are you doing? Some sort of secret millionaire. And he was mm. like, no, I'm not working at the moment because I can't. Um, I was involved in this accident and sort of going through the legal procedures for it at the moment and trying to get right. money um, because he was run over, got Shit. caught under the wheel arch. And I'm going to get this wrong, but he fractured a number of his vertebrae and broke a number of his ribs. Oh, my God. And at the time, I was feeling all worries me because mm. someone that I thought I was in love with had broken up with me and it all came as a bit of a shock and I was suffering from the sort of the depression on the other side of that because mm. I thought that person was going to be the person that I spent the rest of my life with. Yeah. And I'd sort of given up quite a lot of things for that relationship. Not given up, but like compromised a lot of things yeah. for that relationship, changed myself quite a lot for the sake of that relationship and it had gone and I sort of had a real sense of like a loss of identity didn't really know what I was doing no. if what I was doing was what I wanted to do or whether it was something that I was doing for the relationship that I was no longer in yeah. um, met Dave and he was like yeah so this is it really and I kind of died at the scene but then London's Air Ambulance oh, brought me back to life and saved my life and I was like fucking hell yeah. I need to sort my shit out because I'm yeah. not I'm not dead or nearly dead and I haven't been brought back to life and I'm not getting my life back on track after nearly losing my life mm. and he seems to get up every day and get himself a coffee and get out even though he can't work at the moment yeah. so what the fuck am I doing like I need to sort my shit out um and I said, I sort of struck up a friendship with him and, and we'd chat and he was very much sort of a therapist for me. Right, yeah. You know, we'd just talk about things and he'd check in with me frequently. And I was like, look, like, if I can, if I can do something, would you consider cycling again? Because obviously it was a mm. big traumatic event, but you loved cycling and, and this event has taken that away from you. I was like, what if I could prove that I could cycle from one end of this country to the other end of this country safely? Would you ever get back on a bike again? Right, yeah. Um, and he was like, yeah, maybe. I was like, well, what if I did it to like raise money for London's Air Ambulance? So yeah. I looked into the options and found a company called Discover Adventure who do that exact route and you can, you can raise money for any given charity. Yeah, right. And Dave told me it cost about £3,000 for that journey for London's air ambulance to to right. pick him up and take him to a hospital where he received the, the care and attention that Ooh. he needed that saved his life. So I was like, cool, well, that's my target then. I'll pay for your helicopter ride, mate. <laughs> um, and yeah, 
raised three thousand pounds, did the ride, uh, had an accident. I was going to say, didn't you come off? <laughs> yeah, I had an accident <laughs> on the second day. So that was the end of that, then. <laughs> yeah, that's quite quite a big accident on on day two. Um, with the first day, obviously they didn't know everyone's riding abilities. Okay. So you just sort of we all set off at the same time, pretty yeah. much, and it was a bit of a muddle. And I was stuck with a couple of people who were struggling on the hills a little bit more than Ooh. I would. But because we were in that group and we'd sort of made that kind of yeah. an unwritten contract to ride with each other that day, I stuck it out. But I found it more challenging because I was going up the hills slower to stay with the group. And and the second day, I'd we'd then sort of they'd got an idea of roughly where our cycling abilities were. So I got put into another group of, of riders, cycled out with them. And one of the guys I was riding with, he was quicker going down the hills because he was a bit bigger than I Ooh. was. And I was a bit quicker going up the hills because I was a bit lighter than yeah. he was. And we were riding over Dartmoor and it was a bit of a misty day, but there was barely any traffic around. You know, well, I think we maybe seen like two or three cars on that stretch of road all day. And we were having a bit, of a race up and down the hills yeah. nothing crazy not going on the wrong side of the road or being irresponsible like that but just with one another you know yeah. he was going much quicker down the hills than I was much quicker up the hills and I just decided to bomb it down the next hill right and, and you know and get ahead of him and head down charging down this hill and I wasn't paying attention to the way that the road was moving and uh, there was quite a sharp turn off to the left and I was going way too quick to be able to make the oh, turn fuck. and I had the option of sort of slamming on the brakes because it was damp I was going to skid mm. and I was probably going to lose a bit of skin on the tarmac or I could bid it into the side of Dartmoor where it was Ooh. soft grass and I just thought I had a better chance of mm. and and all it's mad how everything goes in slow motion in in those moments yeah when I was just there and I'm thinking like what am I going to do it's almost like you pause and go you know like they, how they represent it in a film yeah yeah you go so, right and you sort of go right what am I going to do these are yeah. my options like I went into my mind palace yeah 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 you go, right, I I'm like, like, well, I'm gonna, either way I'm going to get hurt yeah 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 what can I do to limit the damage precisely that was it it was like a risk assessment and Ooh. I was like well I've got a lot of tattoos that I don't want to lose and that was my problem. And also, I'll probably bust up the bike as well, and I don't have a spare bike. No. So I was like, this way, if I bin it into the side of Dartmoor, the bike might be all right. I might buckle a wheel or something, mm. but I will definitely keep my tattoos. So I binned it into the side of Dartmoor, managed to sort of unclip because I was clipped into the bike, yeah. jumped off the bike in a spectacular fashion, I imagine. Sort yeah, of, of course. James Bond Yeah, you know. not like a bag of laundry getting chucked out the back of a van. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> came off the bike landed really heavily on my right side and was like it knocked the wind out of me Ooh. i was going i was going far too fast um and you must have been pelting along yeah, you couldn't I stop think, like when i was look cuz i had a little look i had a little speed gauge on on attached to my bike and i was doing about 40 at fastest but i definitely slowed oh, down man. in that time that i'd seen the corner yeah. so let's say yeah maybe about 28 30 miles an Jesus hour something Christ. like that and uh but then obviously the grass like going into Dartmoor that would have slowed me down as well mm. so it didn't it wasn't like the full impact of that speed but mm. it still it really winded me the bike was a little way away from me and I was lying on my back surrounded by quite tall grass as well and moss and stuff and there's 
no other ride is about. Like no one can see me. Oh, no wow. one saw me come off. So I managed to get myself up on my side and put my arm up in the air and just start yeah. shouting because I knew there were another group of cyclists coming along. And luckily, some guys saw me, helped me over to the other side of the road, and we called. Oh, God. Uh, they called. The, so we had like uh, cars that were out with us that were carrying a lot of our stuff, yeah. these vans. So they called those guys over, and then they called the ambulance. Mm. And I got taken off to the hospital, missed sort of half a day's riding result uh, yeah result <laughs> uh and um yeah got got checked out and they said that i had some soft tissue damage to mm. like my lower spine um some heavy bruising around my right shoulder and then um i'd bruised my intercostals like in between mm. my rib cage so that area was quite weak and they said I had to keep an eye on it because that area was weak. Yeah. There was a chance that if I received like a light impact or anything, I might crack some ribs. So I just had to be really careful. I was in a lot of pain, but they gave me a lot of painkillers. Mm. Um, went back to the hotel, rested for the night. Um, the doctors said that we're going to advise that you don't get back on the bike, but we've got a funny feeling that you're probably mm. going to do that anyway. But we just want you to be sensible, assess the situation and yeah. take it easy if you do. So the next morning I got up and I got on the bike and I cycled around the car park at the hotel. So I was like, you know what? I feel more comfortable on the bike than I do standing up yeah. or sitting down. And maybe with the blood flow and things like that, I'll, I'll be all right with the painkillers. And they put me out with a group of riders that had to basically sort of surround me and keep an eye on me. Mm. But yeah, ended up riding the rest of it, another 800 miles, I think. Bloody hell. Um, and it was on the penultimate day. We were up in Thurso in Scotland, sat in a cafe, and I sneezed. And I felt my ribs. No! I cracked my ribs sneezing in the cafe. Oh, mate. On the penultimate day. I sneezed, got this excruciating pain in my rib cage. Mm. I was like, what the fuck is that? I was like, oh. And then um, I was like, I think I'm all right. I think I'm okay. Mm. I just think, like, I I didn't know what I'd done. And it wasn't until I got back home, basically. So rode that last day because I was still on painkillers and then had to go for another checkup when I got back to to Essex because I was living with my parents at the time. Um, Went and got another checkup and they they were like, yeah, you've... Like, not massive, but... No, but enough. You've you've cracked your your ribs there. And it was like having... Felt like having someone had put a tennis ball or a squash ball under my rib cage. Really weird feeling. You just can't... You can't get comfortable. No. Yeah, really odd feeling. I, I inadvertently cracked my dad's rib. Ooh, inadvertently. Was, yeah, it was when I was I was I was nineteen, so I was still living there, and I was I was I had a load of pictures in the back of my door pinned in, and it was late at night, and I'm I didn't realise I was making a noise, and I've got scissors, and I'm picking the pins out on mm. the door, and Dad's in bed because you know he's got work, right. and he just came flying in the bedroom. And he's going, what the fuck are you doing? What are you? What is that noise? He's tap, 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 tap. Because I've got to get out for work tomorrow. And he sort of came at me, and I went, and I went, fuck. And I put my head down, yeah, and kind of like it was like a rugby tackle thing, <laughs> yeah. Where he, we, and he's like, and I went, fuck, and put my head down and went out. And we sort of bumped into each other, yeah. And I cracked his rib. 
Wow. Yeah, and I felt really bad. Yeah, I bet. Then mum, like mum said the next day, he went, yeah, you cracked dad's rib, he's not happy. I'm like, oh. <laughs> He's not, you cracked dad's rib. It's not like, like you've not broken happy. his favourite mug, he's yeah, not yeah, happy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I went, oh shit, so sorry. <laughs> just, it just made me jump because he came in the room. Yeah. Just, you know, and I was, yeah. So, yeah, I know, yeah and he said, it's like, it, yeah, you just, there's nothing can't, you can do. No, you can't do anything. No. They can't strap you up or wrap you up or anything. Mm. And I... I had to go back to work. I think I had oh, maybe like two days before I went back to work. Wow. Didn't you? It's such a ledge. You're doing it for charity. It's a really charity. stupid thing to do. And what crossed my mind in the hospital was this is another classic case of you fucking something up. Yeah. You know, like it, I, as much as I can sort of talk about it now, joke about it as well, because mm. it is such a stupid thing to do. Like you're raising money. Yeah. For London's air ambulance, they saved your mate. You're supposed to be proving to him that cycling is safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, but yeah. yeah, in the hospital, just this overwhelming disappointment. I was like, yeah, I've let everyone down. Right. You know, if if I've you know if I've fractured anything or broken anything. Yeah. Because I was an accident-prone kid as well, right. so I'm sort of frighteningly aware of how easy it is for me mm. to break myself. <laughs> Like, like, first ever time I remember doing, like, any serious damage to myself, I'd got given, either for birthday, for my birthday or for Christmas, some of these Fisher-Price roller skates. Right. I was really young. I was probably, like, Well, four. the extendable ones, the ones that yeah, can adjust them. Adjustable, sorry. You put them over your, yeah. your shoes, <laughs> and they click into place, That's depending it. on the size of your feet. And they also had on the bottom, there was this tiny little, almost like an on-off switch. That, right. Like really old school switch and it had three settings on it so it was either free rolling like completely rolling and then in the center it would click like staggered rolling so you could kind of walk and skate and then there was no rolling whatsoever so you could just walk in them Mm. and i think the idea is you take yourself through the stages right yeah so you can learn you get the confidence to then be able to roller skate and my dad had been showing my. We'd work my grandparents, and they had like quite a nice big driveway. And my dad had been showing my granddad how they work these Paul's yeah. new toy, you know. And I think he'd left one on fully rolled, <laughs> and the other one was like completely off. <laughs> and I'd gone out on the driveway to show everyone how good oh, I was at roller no. skating, and one foot went, went and the other one circles. didn't. And I don't know how, but I threw my left arm sort of behind myself, maybe to stop myself. But what happened was I, the full weight of my upper body landed oh. on my forearm and I broke both of the bones Jesus. in my forearm. And classic, like, kind of old-fashioned dad move. Oh. My dad was... And probably, to put myself in his place... There's probably a bit of fear involved in it as well, of not wanting to acknowledge the fact that your child yeah, has just yeah, broken yeah. themselves in front of your parents as well. Like, yeah. can you imagine? Like, <laughs> like, my it was poor, your fault. Yeah, well, he was just like, no, 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 he'll be fine, oh, he'll yeah. be fine. There's nothing wrong with him. Oh, come on, up you get. There's nothing wrong with him. But the panic that must have been going through, because my memory of it is... Dad didn't care about me. <laughs> but I'm sure his experience in that moment is, yeah. I have just broken my second child in front of my parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, 
please, please don't be, don't be anything <laughs> don't serious. Don't be disappointed. Yeah, oh. yeah. God, and we ended up going to Basildon Hospital and it turned oh, out God. I'd broken both bones in, oh, in my left mate. arm. And I got cast up and, yeah. But I was happy as Larry because I yeah. had a plaster cast and it meant I got to draw on it and all of my friends at school got to sign it and, you know, stick like honey nut loops, transferables all over nice. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably where my obsession with tattoos. Oh yeah, so exactly. yeah. <laughs> being able to draw, covering myself. up your scars. Yeah, but yeah, so that like being accident prone. Yeah, and then being in the hospital, and I'm like, I did that ride. I was 34. Mm. Like, you're an adult. Yeah, you don't do. You know, we're conditioned to think you don't do stupid things. No. You're not irresponsible as an adult, but you are just human as well. You are just human, and I think, I think you, there is still an element of you. Being still being quite immature at that age, really. Still quite immature still, at this age. Yeah, so and I think it's changing. Yeah, age. it's changing, isn't it? It's yeah. you know, I'm 50 and I'm still. I don't feel that I'll be slowing down anytime soon. Like everyone's going, oh yeah, you start slowing down and you don't do this. You know that. Like, I played football the other day. I was running around like a legend, having a great one. Yeah. So I think it's all like, maybe it's a state of mind. I don't know. What did Dave say? Because you're supposed to show him how safe it is to cycle the entire length of the country. Yeah, needless to say, he didn't jump straight on a bicycle as soon as I returned. <laughs> um, I had this bit, again, like things never panning out the way you want them to. And maybe it's part of being a creative and having a creative mind. I had this idea in my head that we'd cycle the last, you know, 10 miles together mm. and we'd ride down to the John O'Groats oh, sign, yeah. sign, like holding hands and everyone would be there mm. and it'd be a perfect ending to the perfect movie in my mind. Mm. But because it was all the way up in John O'Groats and other people have their own lives, yeah. it was my parents there with the dogs, was which it. was also really lovely. And it... There'd been a lot of like ups and downs throughout the ride, and it we did it in just over ten days, yeah, about wow. ten and a half days, and they were long ride days. And with the crash and sort of getting up every day, not knowing one hundred percent whether I was going to feel all right getting back on the bike, yeah, and also just kind of fearful <coughs> about having another accident. Mm. You know, riding far more cautiously than I would do not that I'm an unsafe cyclist like that was an isolated incident I did Mm. something stupid I was feeling overly confident and it's first time riding with other people of a similar ability to me because I'd done so much of the training was on my own just going out and cycling getting the job done Mm. suddenly I was having fun with people yeah um, and I got carried away um but yeah, we cycled. The last day was just thirty miles, which for us, because of how how long the rides have been on previous days, I I think ninety ninety maybe a hundred miles was one of our longest days, possibly. Yeah, wow. Yeah. And so thirty was like a stroll in the park. Yeah, and you see the signposts for when you're getting close to John O'Groats, and it's sort of a long road. And I was thinking, I don't know if I'm going to be able to keep it together. I think I might start crying oh, i might wow. just be ugly crying all the way just... in and then people taking <laughs> photos down your cheek but i wasn't no it was really weird because i'm quite an emotional person it doesn't take a lot for me to to cry yeah like i can i can work myself up quite easily a lot of the time um but weirdly in those big sort of emotional situations when you fully expect you're gonna lose it 
was like, I was so calm. And I was just yeah, like, right. and just sort of cycled in and saw my mum and dad. And I thought maybe that was going to set me off seeing them there. But yeah. it didn't. And then I did my pose at John O'Groat, sort of shaking the bike above my head and <laughs> feeling strong and like I'd accomplished something. Yeah. And it was more feeling of something that I think I haven't felt that often is pride. Yeah, like, right. Yeah, and just feeling like I I did something against all odds and I very nearly messed it up for myself as well, like yeah. I always do, but I carried on and I just had this amazing sort of sense of pride and it wasn't until all of that subsided, everyone had sort of gone off because mm. a lot of the cyclists were then going back to the hotel, but I was going back to a hotel to stay with my parents yeah. and we were going to drive back home the next day. Um and we sat in the cafe down there and it's been a sort of good hour after we've arrived there. Mm. And I went to take a sip out of my coffee and just went. <laughs> 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 and I was like, oh, you're all right. I went, don't touch me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, weird. Like it's it just like out of nowhere. I was like, why? Why then? Why not the yeah. ride in, mum and dad there, you know, the music playing in my head of like... I guess your brain needed a moment. Yeah, you got the big... Yeah, the old like X Ticker tape parade. parade. <laughs> <laughs> in Snow Patrol. That's going. it, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think maybe your brain just needed a moment to kind of comprehend what you'd done. Yeah. Get, and then it kind of went, and then you had that moment where you're you're now relaxed. Mm-hmm. You're having a coffee or whatever you're doing, and it's suddenly like, and then it's like, oh, yeah, now, yeah, yeah now's yeah. the time, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's that I think the adrenaline that's it, yeah, just goes, yeah, and then also, like, just a very weird feeling after that of going back to normal. I've got to life. cycle back, <laughs> <laughs> cycle all the way back to Essex. <laughs> I had really uncomfortable car ride back, um. Because I'd run out of all of the the painkillers they'd given me, so then I was just back on boring old, you know, paracetamol and neurofen, and it wasn't touching the sides at all. So, um, yeah, kind of back into normal life. Um, So Dave didn't get back on a bike straight away. No, but he does cycle now. Okay. but he ended up running the London Marathon Did a few he? years after I'd done the the bike ride, um, and we went we went down to see him, and then we all went out for like a Sunday roast afterwards. Oh, and nice. that was really that was sort of the icing on the cake. And he he ran it for London's Air Ambulance. And yeah. He ended up actually working with them as well, and because obviously, you know, he, it was a a miracle. Yeah. That, that they managed to to save his life it wasn't a miracle it was down to the their graft their graft their skill set and the money that people contribute through doing ridiculous things like cycling from Land's End to John O'Groats or running the London Marathon because they're not government funded this is the thing I find that baffling yeah why something like that that's really crucial yeah and and it's saved so many lives and they also have members on their team that are trained to use equipment that the NHS don't have access to as well if I'm I mean, this is a little while ago, so yeah, things might yeah, have changed yeah. now. So don't quote me on that, even though this is going on a podcast. But, <laughs> you know, like at, at the time, to my knowledge, yeah, that you know, they are they're an incredible mm. resource. Resource, 
Yeah. 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 Like, I think that's that's it's amazing what yeah. they do. I think people that want to be nurses and things like that because I didn't realize you have to pay to train to be a nurse. I didn't know that. Mad. And and so <clears throat> those people are very special. Mm. To go, yeah, I want to be a nurse. I want to help people. Yeah, and I'm going to pay to 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 do it. It blew my mind. It was Matt Stelling, Stellingworth who we had on, and his wife a, is a is a nurse. Yeah, and he was telling us about it, and you're like, oh, I had no idea. Mm. You can't you just train. Yeah. So at, at the minute, you know, they're they're going on strike, and they go, absolutely, they should be, they should be paid more than footballers, mm. but they're not. They mm. just get treated like absolute shit. All of the all people in the rescue services, frontline workers, throughout the pan, but that case in point, throughout the pandemic, they were dealing with the the actual thing on the front line, mm. dealing with the virus, and then when it all finished, they didn't get a pay rise, but fucking politicians did. Like you, absolute shower of bastards. Yeah, you know, and it's it's. But I mean, I don't want to get into politics now. I'll get carried away. But going back to cycling. Mm. People don't realise how difficult cycling is. It's all very well, like, when you're pottering around town. Mm. Like, when I was in with you and we got my bike fixed and then I was riding around and you and I... I will say that. When you and I went for rides, mm. you didn't half go. <laughs> like, when you walk as well, you go everywhere a million miles an hour. I'm not surprised <laughs> you fell off. Yeah. So, this is um, yeah. this comes up a lot about my my general... You walk around uh, like a crackhead, <laughs> is what you, what you walk around like. Place. I'm like, where are you going? We're going to the same place. Because I was always late for school, and I think that set my rhythm. Yeah. Like, it's a manic rhythm. The amount of times have. I've had to say to you, Sweens, mate. Kaylee says it to me, or my fiance says yeah. it to me all the time. She's like, do you want to walk with me? <laughs> walk with she, she lives out in New York, and, yeah, the... I think the first few times I went out there, she's like, you're walking like we've had an argument. Yeah. <laughs> what are you late for? Your in yeah. front of me. I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, A, I'm just, um, I, I haven't had, I haven't mm. been in a relationship for a really long time, so I'm not used to walking with someone I actually want to walk with. Yeah. I'm normally just walking on my own and trying to get away from myself. I think yeah. that's what it that's is. That's what it is. Yeah, I'm like on the run. Forrest Gump. He's still here. <laughs> that boy's a running <laughs> fool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I do. I do have a like a weird, weird pace on me. It is a weird pace. Mm. I've not walked with someone like that because I'm not tall. No, and like I, I don't really feel like I look athletic in any way, shape, or form. But if they brought back speed walking, Olympic gold, you'd look good doing that. Yeah, actually. I think so. <laughs> Bring back speed walking, please. But people don't realise. So there was when I was working at SOS Clothing. Mm. And I had this one, one, I had a mad idea that I didn't have my car, couldn't afford the train or something. I'm like, I'm going to cycle from, mm. from South End. S- oh, from, from Stratford. Stratford. To Leon C. Yes, of course. Because you I were went, living with me when you were yeah, yeah, yeah. working there still. That's it. Yeah. And I went, yeah, cycle it. And I checked it on the map and it said two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, that's going to be at least three. <laughs> That's what I do in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It took me four hours. I remember you. And I was just I was I got to a point I was down the mm. down the, the, the one was it the, the one two seven or whatever it is the road. Mm. And I'm just outside. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just outside um Rayleigh. Right. And I just stood there going, I can't 
I can't. A big hill there, isn't it? Yeah, there? and there's a junction that goes off, and you go through Thundersley and all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got to that, and yeah. I'm like, "This is ridiculous." My arsehole was falling out. I had to. I'd wrap my coat around my saddle because my bum was so sore, <laughs> and I'm like, "I cannot physically do this." Yeah. So yeah, it took me four hours, and then mm. I, I got there, and I'd, I'd rung everyone, and went, "Look." You won't believe what I've done, but just I'm going to be about an hour late. I'll be there. So I left the I left the flat at like half seven. Yeah. So then and I remember taking a picture across Canary Wharf because it was all like red in the sun, in the morning sun. It was beautiful, really early. Yeah. And then I put something like "New Beginnings" or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> what a wanker! You got it printed out and you stuck it on your fridge uh, next yeah, to your living yeah, love, love it. Yeah, fridge yeah, magnet. Fridge magnet philosophy, as Zoe said last week. And um, I, yeah, and I got there and Mark, Mark and Stacey were like, what have you done? Yeah. I went, I've just cycled from Stratford. And they went, you fucking idiot. What were you thinking? <laughs> so, you in jeans as well? Yeah. Because you go everywhere Oh, no, no, no. No, 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 no. I didn't. I had shorts on. Shorts on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I went through Barking and all around that way. Yeah. You don't realise how, it is quite hilly mm. going out that way. Padded shorts. Did you have? Yeah, I did actually. You did have padded yeah, shorts. Yeah, they were like spinning. There were spinning ones. Spin shorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Underneath yeah. my tracksuit bottoms. When I was doing. Yeah, you don't realise it's yeah. fucking hard. When I was doing the Lance Enter Donna Groats, after maybe like day day three or four, I was really suffering. Mm. They, there's people that cycle will know about this, people that don't won't, I guess. There's stuff called chamois cream, which is basically a lubricant that you put. On your gooch? Uh, yeah, like downstairs to stop right. friction and to, you know, to stop... In the from... kitchen? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you put it in your kitchen. It's a Sarah Millican in... joke. Yeah. I, want go, I want you to go downstairs. In the kitchen? Yeah. <laughs> um, and it just it just means that you, you stop the chafing. Mm. So you put that on the padding of the shorts and then also on yourself as well. And I had some for the ride... That cut the like sachet packets of like mayonnaise almost like really and you like handy in, use yeah you keep them in the pouch in in the back of your your jersey right. and then you can just on the go reapply if you need to what or just squirt yeah. it down your yeah, pants yeah squirt it into your hand and then oh, like, yeah it's rub your... and it was one day so I I was suffering quite a bit so I was maybe o- I'd over applied okay and I was cycling with this other young lad Ollie who must have been in his early twenties. And we're cycling along, and I had a bit of wind. Right. There's also like all the the energy gels and things like that. They do things to your guts, and yeah. So and I I farted. I'd forgotten how much of a lot the of bubbles cream. came out. <laughs> I forgot how much of the chamois cream I'd applied. I was like, oh Ollie, we're gonna have to pull over. I think I shit myself. You just made a foam. Yeah, we stopped, pulled over, and he was like, "Do you want to do a check?" So I just I popped my hand out the back of my shorts. I was like, "Oh, it's all right. It's chamois cream. It's fine. We can carry on." We can carry I have on. overlooped. Yeah, I thought I'd messed myself. <laughs> I'd done a mess. Yeah, I remember doing. I remember doing the three peaks challenge. Mm. Would be yeah, twenty years ago now, and I yeah. I didn't. Ha- we barely trained, mm-hmm. stupidly. Right. Like me and my mate Ian, who booked it all. We were go- running up and down this like this this hill. Mm. We did that about five times. We went to the gym briefly. Mm. I, we genuinely underestimated how much you need to train. Yeah. And then so we started a, a, a Ben Nevis. So we get up there the night before. Ian's dad's driving the minibus, so we don't have to worry about that. Mm. We have a good breakfast in the morning, and then we're off. And in half an hour into Ben Nevis, I'm puking. 
because I let my breakfast go down and I'm just, I didn't realise it's so straight away. Yeah. And that's half an hour in mm. to a 24-hour challenge. I'm like, oh, my God. So we get to Ben Nevis, do that, and then we were in the minibus going to Scaffold Pike. And then we, we, we pulled over and we had lunch and then we, f- we spent far too much. We just forgot because we were all like, sitting in a label having a laugh. Yeah. And we went, shit, we are actually, we should be going. We, <laughs> we were on a, just a challenge. Yeah. We do Scaffield Pike. Scaffield Pike is mainly the beginning of it. It's like an hour of steps. It's like steps. Right. And I was fuck doing that. And we went the wrong way when we got to the top. Went down the wrong side. How can you go the wrong back. way up Because we just went, that's a great big mountain. That's the thing as well, you're going up. and Sorry, go, I belittled yeah. that, I said hill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a mountain, yeah, yeah. thank you. <laughs> but when you get, you go, oh, must be it. They go, oh, no, 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 that's it, over sure there. you go, the sky's getting closer, I'm going in the right direction. <laughs> the ground's getting closer. Lads, we're going the wrong yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we went, it got misty. Right. We got talking to another party that were doing it as well. And then we all kind of can't call it a party, mate. No, (laughs) it doesn't sound fun. (laughs) Another party. Yeah, we had the streamers out. (laughs) The balloons are a bit much, lads. (laughs) Take your rubbish with you. (laughs) 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 So we got chatting to them, and then we went. We went our separate ways, and we all went. Yeah, see you later, lads. Good luck. Not thinking that we should have probably gone the same direction as them. Right, we've gone down the back of it. So we're halfway down. We're like, we didn't come up this way. This now, this is our mountain climbing, and we had to come all the way back up again. So that was another hour, mm. and then we're coming back down. And then I'm in the minibus, and I, we got to, we got to Snowdon at four a.m. It was pitch black, and I was like, I'm not doing it. I can't. I can't do it. Yeah. And they luckily they dragged me out, and we went walking down the pig track and whatever it is. And then I'm walking around the there's like the lake at the bottom before you make the proper you get up the side of Snowdon. Right. And my legs just started to wobble and I just didn't know what to do. I was like, I was in, I'm in real trouble here. Yeah. And they gave me a banana. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't believe it. Instantly. <laughs> bang. I was better. Yeah. I should have eaten it. I shouldn't have shoved it up my ass. But <laughs> But yeah, bananas are magic. Yeah, you ever seen a chimp with wobbly legs? <laughs> <laughs> no. Funnily enough. Yeah, there you go then. But the instant the hit, it's like fucking yeah. whoosh. There's a real um because like we can carry bananas with us mm. because they get squashed in you. In your in ass. Your, yeah, in your little in your shorts. Yeah. And squash <laughs> squash my banana. Um Do we'd you, have the little yeah. gel packets and then every sort of thirty to forty miles there'd be a refreshment stop set up mm. for us as well. So even though they were long riding days, there there were breaks. Oh so it's a proper way. setup then, you've got to support people and I you've wouldn't got have done it any other way you can't just go and do it i mean you can i yeah. think you'd be mad to and i wouldn't advise doing it on your own i'd no. say always do it through a group like that because it's a much more enjoyable experience i, I trained really hard yeah right it, really hard it's yeah you were hardest. pretty ripped at that point i was in the best shape of my yeah. life yeah yeah but i was going to the gym i had a personal trainer and i was going to the gym five times a week I was probably cycling about 150 miles a week, and then I was doing yeah. a spin class once a week as well. You were like, you were properly Ned Flanders because you had the big moustache as well to begin with. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, you had the I ripped... shaved it off. Yeah, oh, yeah. aerodynamics. No, I, it was so I'd started the cycling training in the winter, so like, mm. yeah, probably about this time of year, like November, December time with the moustache and that was fine it would just get a bit frosty and I was like it's alright still mm. part of my aesthetic yeah. um, not getting rid of it 
and then cycling into the springtime when all of those, you know, the big black like mayflies. Oh yeah. Because I was again, I was living out with my parents in Essex, so I'm cycling the Essex countryside, I was cycling along, and one of them flew into my moustache and got stuck. I, no. I had a panic. <laughs> fell, like fell only like a little fall, like into a ditch on the side of the road. <laughs> got home, shaved it off. I was like, "That's coming off. That's not happening ever nah. again." Like one of the ah ah, like just a big old bug just flapping <laughs> around. Like, ah, no, I was like, no, "Get it no, off no, me!" It's in my face. Yeah. Big tough guy, big strong yeah, muscles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's in my face. Tiny little fly, just <laughs> boom like that. Panic attack. Did you Tash came off? <laughs> <laughs> did you feel it helped after because you were in a I know I we won't go into what, what it was but I know and I yeah. know how bad it was where you, what had happened and then you did that did, um, you, did you think it helped I do I do think it helped but I think I think what helped more was the people I was fortunate enough to be around at the time. Yeah. The the exercise and things like that was a great distraction for yeah. me. It was good for me to put a lot of time and energy into myself. Because I joke about it in my set. Mm. It's the whole, my sort of, my gym material. Yeah. I talk about having, not feeling confident enough in yourself mm. and thinking that maybe if I make myself physically stronger, I'll feel mentally yeah, stronger, yeah, feel yeah. more confident in my appearance, then I'll feel more confident in my head. Yeah. But I don't think the two... I think there's an element of it where you start to feel like, I'm investing in myself and this is positive, but it, it doesn't solve anything. Mm. But... Doing what I did and the friendship that I got, the relationship I got from Dave, yeah, the relationship I have still with Emma, my boss at the barbershop, yeah, 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 um, who was a huge support throughout all of that as mm. well, and really, really encouraging, uh, and gave me the time off Brilliant. from work to do it. And I switched jobs to so the barbershop that I was at when I first met Dave. I was working full time there yeah. and there was no flexibility and I started working there when I was in the relationship that mm. broke down and I started working there because of that relationship as well because yeah, right. I needed a stable income. Well yeah, you kind of knocked comedy on the head and everything. You kind of went all in with the relationship and then when it got Yeah. When it was fucked. It wasn't even and it's not your fault that it got fucked that's the thing that's the most was, frustrating bit you put so much into it yeah it was it was interesting I think I started doing stand up in 2008 that was my first ever gig Halloween 2008 Ooh. at Dirty Dicks in Liverpool Street okay so oh I know yeah 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 it's a charity gig set up by a bunch of people that I was working with at the time at like a tourist attraction in London Bridge um and that's where I met Jess Foster Q and Sarah Pascoe mm. as well. They were both working there. And I was writing little bits and kind of doing sketches. And I'd written and filmed and produced a, a pilot for a comedy mm. um, that I wanted to try and get out there. Yeah. Um, and it was Jess Foster Q that had sort of said to me, well, like, if if you the route to sort of get noticed is is doing stand up and yeah. that's what 
her and Sarah were doing at the time and they were running little gigs together and co-hosting and and you know and sort of building up their material and their their stage time so I was like oh okay cool well then I'll, I'll start doing that and the the yeah the group of actors and performers that I was working with mm. had arranged a charity night and they booked me to yeah. do like five minutes I ended up doing ten um because it was going so well, yeah, I was yeah, in yeah. front of such a supportive crowd, and and the material probably wasn't the best material I've ever written, but like I knew at the very least I could entertain people. Yeah. Um. So that went really well. That boosted my confidence, and then I did um, I did a bunch of new act competitions the following year, two thousand and nine. Mm. One of which was Laughing Horse, who run free fringe venues yep. up in Edinburgh, and Alex. I think I got to the semi finals. And Alex said to me, look, we've got this new venue, Canal Cafe. Um, we've got a couple of spots. It's like a two-week gap. Um, mm. Do you want it? And everyone else I knew, Jess and, and the yeah. other comics, were all going up. Yeah. I was green, really, really green, but went up and did it. And it was torturous. Mm. It was horrible. I wasn't eating. I'd suffer so much from like pre-performance nerves really? and performance anxiety. I'm still like it now. Yeah, you, know, you were I, like I that. Tell me, the other week you were shitting yourself, and you're like, I really Come on, do. Man. I hate it. It's like, like I said to you, the it's before I'm on stage and after I've been on stage, mm. I really, really struggle with. But being on stage, yeah. I just love it. So I'm willing to put up with what my body and my mind put me through to be yeah. in that position. Because as soon as I get there, it's like someone hits a switch and it just all goes. It's like Madness. a sort of almost like a, yeah, opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. I'm so comfortable there and I love it so Ooh. much, which is why I keep doing it to myself. <laughs> but I was riddled with, with nerves in Edinburgh yeah. and I, I wasn't eating, I wasn't taking care of myself. I wasn't hydrating, I wasn't eating enough food. And I was doing a half hour show, but I had an hour slot. And I'd have other comics come mm. in to help me fill the hour. And it was Luke Toulson who said to me, you'd look like yeah. shit. Are you no, eating? Really. Are you drinking? Like, what's going on? I'm shaking because I'm drinking so much caffeine, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is making me more anxious. But at the time, I was really riding that sort of nervous energy on stage. Mm. So I felt like I was fuel fueling it. And he said to me, like, promise me after this, go and get a jacket potato <laughs> start eating and start yeah. drinking water because I wasn't drinking alcohol or anything like that at the time I was sober um, yeah so well, I, like I was under no other influence other than like my own nerves and yeah. caffeine basically and tobacco nicotine as well Jesus chain smoking um, had a really horrible time two and a half weeks I think I stayed up there for, did the show for two weeks and mm. then did spots. Spots I loved, but doing my show I really, really struggled with because I just didn't know what I was doing. Really. Yeah. Um, but I came back and I felt bulletproof. Suddenly, yeah, after right. all of that, I came back and started doing tens in London. Just like, what's going on? Mm. And it's because you're playing an environment where the room's been warmed up by an MC and you're on a oh, bill yeah, with yeah, other acts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're not just doing it all on your own. And and I came yeah. back, I was like, oh, I see the value in this now. I don't want to put myself through that again, but I see why people do it. Yeah. And and that built and built and built, and I, I, I went back up the following year. Then I got picked up by an agent, 
um, who then started pushing me out and you know the the profile of the gigs mm. increased and and I was also working on other things and had, had filmed a music video for one of the comedy songs that I was doing that yeah. got a decent amount of attention at the time mm. um, and I got interest from Lisa Thomas management who were bigger than the agent I was with yeah and I'd been with previous agent John Briley for about six months I think but I was sort of very focused on my career at the time mm. I was like I, I wouldn't say like I'm, I was a complete alternative act but I yeah. was definitely not mainstream and I thought maybe being with like a big agency and being like this and looking at people that I really admired like Eddie Izzard and Harry Hill and people mm. like that I was like well they're with agencies that manage mainstream acts because yeah. maybe you need a little bit of that so I signed with Lisa Thomas left John Briley um, and was with them for about two years I think yeah and then uh, through being represented by them I met my girlfriend at the time who was a voiceover agent and they were affiliated with yeah. Lisa Thomas so we had to keep things quiet for a little while but then she mm. left that agency and moved on and you know we were dating for a while but I was away a lot yeah gigging all the time and I don't think she liked how much I was away no and maybe wanted something a bit more grounded yeah but I was very focused on my career and maybe about six months into our relationship, I said, look, like, I don't, I don't know mm. if this is going to work then. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we should go our separate ways. Like, you know, and I went back on that mm. instinct. Yeah. Cause she was really upset and that really upset me that I'd upset someone. Yeah. Cause I don't like that. No. And that was the instinct. I sort of went back into the relationship with which was like I don't ever want to upset you and at that point you're then subservient to someone which yeah. is a really dangerous position to be in because my instincts were to leave that relationship yeah. and that's what I should have done because I was happy doing what I was doing yeah. and I put a lot of work and a lot of time and a lot of energy into doing what I was doing yeah and you liked her but it I liked know, her yeah. but it like my instincts were I wasn't prepared to stop doing what I was yeah. doing for the relationship. But then I went back on that instinct yeah. and went back into the relationship. And just coincidentally, things started to sort of not go as well mm. comedically um, through no fault of my own. Um, I got dropped. She carried on being an agent, but only repping sort of the top. Oh, right. Okay. But got rid of... So sort of streamlined. Streamlined yeah, it, yeah. streamlined, got rid of a lot of the acts that they'd taken on that had only been mm. with them for sort of two years or less because they they were obviously investing quite a lot in us. Yeah. But actually the top five acts that they had were making them loads of money and I guess it made good business sense to just get rid of yeah. us, let us go because they didn't want the agency to be that big. No. Because she was having to employ other agents to represent us as well. Right, yeah. So it sort of expanded really quickly now it must be difficult um, to take when you get dropped by your agent it would have been easier to take if they'd have been honest right if they'd have actually said we've expanded too quickly yeah this doesn't make 
good business sense. But what we're going to do is put a showcase on for all of mm. you and invite other agents. Almost put you out to tender. Yeah, you yeah, know, so yeah. that people can then come and reinvest in you. Yeah. But what happened was, I was fed the line of, look, we've tried a lot of options in TV, and and people aren't biting, mm. and we feel like we can't take things any further with you. Yeah. And I read that as, well, if people in TV aren't interested when I'm with an agency like you, then where's my future? Because if I can't get on TV, then I can't get myself up the billing mm. on the live circuit to be able to make a really comfortable living out of this. Yeah. So why the fuck am I doing this? Because I don't want to live uncomfortably doing something <clears> I love and grow to resent it because I don't have the life that I want outside of it. Yeah. You know? And... And so you stopped. So that was the, then. Yeah, I, I sort of fulfilled my contractual obligations with the gigs that they'd booked me. But mm. then after that, I really started to wind things down and, yeah. and started to look for alternatives. And I'd been giving mates haircuts for as long as I'd been living in shared households in London. Yeah. Just a fun thing to do. I bought some cheap clippers and, mm. you know, um, and my girlfriend at the time was an agent and she was quite instrumental in convincing me to, yeah. to step away from comedy maybe this is it you know and I was I was wow. 30 at the time it was 10 years ago mm. so I was 30 and I was having that kind of crisis that you yeah, have when yeah, you yeah. reach the end of a decade any decade yep I was like maybe this isn't for me then maybe I need to stop doing this and Morning. maybe I need to start doing something else and yeah yeah I also got sent a long list of my creative output that I'd come up with that I was told mm. that for as long as I was going to continue with those creative projects, they still would get a percentage of whatever Bloody they made. Yeah. So my response to that was like, tear everything up. Don't touch any of that. Yeah. Again, it's all gone. You've got nothing now. Shit, man. You've got nothing. You've got to start again. And then you went um, into barbering and then you went into the, and the relationship went to shit. Went into barbering. After relationship went to shit about a month and a half after we'd moved in together and it was a really messy end yeah. <clears throat> um, and uh, left me very heartbroken and yeah and then it was a matter of sort of slowly building myself back up again and that's when I'd, I left the barber shop that I was working at when I met Dave yeah uh, I met Emma who ran a barber shop around the corner she said to me, you can come and work for me as much or as little as you want to until you feel like your mental health mm. is in a place where you can work more. Um, you know, she was incredible. A really difficult time in my life. Yeah. I'd moved back in with my parents. Um, I was still paying rent on the flat uh. that we'd only been living in for a month yeah. and a half whilst also playing like 400 pounds a month travel getting in from Essex to work in London I so did that was, for a bit when I left Leon C it was still, I was still paying half the rent and I'm like yeah. what am I doing yeah um, and there were other things as well I won't, won't no, go into no, no. details but it, yeah it was a real sort of it was a real shit show and I started alright mate it's alright You're right. It's a, it's a difficult one. Yeah. It still is. Yeah. We haven't, yeah. I think it's, I know with, with what happened to me, it's very similar to what happened to me and I was just left with nothing. Yeah. And it was only because you said, just come here. 
just come here, mm. get your stuff, come here. And Because I, I remember I, we had this massive Barney and I just shoved all that stuff in the car and I went, oh, fucking going. I just can't handle this anymore. And I just remember yeah. driving. I drove back to Alpington where I grew up. So that was a sign. You always go yeah. back to what you're familiar with. So I think I went to mum's and I had a cup of tea with her. And then I was just like, and then I, and then I couldn't sit there anymore. I'm like, I need to go and do something else. I've got to go. I've got to go, mum. And I remember just having, I was sat in a wimpy or whatever it is on uh, the burger place on on Alberton High Street. Mm. I'm like, I don't fucking know what I'm going to do. Yeah. And just messaged you mm. and you went, yeah, just come here, mate. Doesn't matter. Come mm. on. And then I went. I know what it feels like. Yeah. And you went, oh, by the way, I haven't got any bedding. So I was like, <laughs> so I went Tesco's. I got some cheap bedding. And, yeah. And I remember putting the, putting the bedding together, mm. putting the duvet in the thing. And I suddenly felt, I felt all, so many emotions. Yeah. I felt kind of relief that I was out of the shit that had been going on. Yeah. I felt I was a bit worried because I didn't know what the future would hold. Yeah. I thought my career and everything just rested on my relationship, my past relationship, and I had have nothing now. Mm-hmm. I didn't know who to turn to. Didn't want to tell my lads because I didn't want them to, uh, to, to feel I'd let them down. Yeah. And so that time was a... For you to turn around and go, just come here, mate. Yeah. It was such a beautiful thing. Yeah. And I imagine that was the same with Emma. Similar with thing, Emma, like, yeah, just come my here. Parents, yeah. You know, all of my my friends, my best mate, Andy, like, during the breakup, I lived with him and his wife. Mm. Mate, I mean, yeah, Andy and Ellie, who have a daughter now, Pearl, who's my goddaughter. Yeah. Um, I owe them everything. You know, mm. everyone, yeah, my mum, dad, my sister. Yeah. Yeah. Mate, I'm the same. I owe you everything. I owe you That's everything. You. I've had my, there was, uh, there was the SOS boys that took mm-hmm. me in. Yeah. And went, you know, I'm like, I haven't got any money. And they were like, come work here, mate. Yeah. Until you get back on your feet. I had another, it was uh, <clears throat> Sharon, uh, 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 much laughter. She just went, yep. Just all right. Just, just you can just work for me. Yeah, and come and do, come and do this. There was people, lovely people, just around and went. Yeah, just, just hang out. It was yeah. Hannah that popped up and she went. Yeah, let's just hang out. Mm. And you suddenly realise that you're not shit, despite what someone else thinks mm. of you or yeah. is saying about you. Yeah. You're actually, not a you're not. You're not a monster. You're yeah. not. You're actually all right. But yeah. you because you because of how you feel about that person, mm. you. Believe what they say. They go, oh, maybe I am a piece of shit. Maybe I am this. Because they got there dealing with their own fucking bullshit. Yeah. Whatever that is. And and in those situations, I think you're, you're never yourself. But you are, a, you're a version. Mm. It, it's so hard because you're not, no one's a single sort of dynamic. No. You know, we're all capable of being bad people. We're all capable of being good yeah, people. Of course we are. We can all be funny. We can all be sad. Like, yeah. we're a range of emotions and feelings and responses and reactions. Yeah. 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 But, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we spend too much time. Well, we spoke about this last night. I don't worry or don't care about what other people think of me. I worry about what I think other people think. Yeah, of me. exactly. It's the thought of what someone else 
yeah. I think of you. And then we were talking about the fact that people probably don't think about you much at all. Well, they don't because they're also so worried about yeah. the interaction they've had with you because we we all are. We're all concerned about that, you know. Yeah, you've got... Because you've yeah. really got to be some kind of, like, massive cunt. <laughs> You yeah. really have, you've got to do something really like for someone to go oh for fuck's sake that yeah yeah prick. yeah you've got to do something really bad so you'll know about it yeah exactly you'll know about it. having done that yeah then they go yeah you're a piece of shit and yeah. then, and then you know you come away from it and go fuck why did I do that yeah because you kind of go fundamentally I know I'm decent so mm. why have I fucking done that to that yeah. person what's going on we all do little yeah. things yeah. along the way. Obviously. Yeah. There's little things along the way, but for someone just to purely only see you in that image, you've got to be a real monster. You'll be a real monster. And yeah. I think that's the, what that's what you can take away from it all, is the fact that, like with me, mm. wonderful people gathered around. Producer Paul used to get it in. Every time I turned up to record, mm. it, 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 I'd come in, you're right, I'd go, no, the fucking... <laughs> and I'd just be sitting on that sofa there. Yeah. Just going off on one, and bless him, Paul's like, okay, so let's get recording. <laughs> and it's, I think, what, yeah, it just goes to show you're not a monster because you had lovely people around you to get you out. and Very lucky because yeah. it was, yeah. You and I became like a little married couple. It was so nice. Yeah. Like message her like, oh, just, all right, babes, what time yeah. are you going to be? I've got some milk. Don't yeah. worry, I've done this. I've done doing the washing up. Like, no, nah, you've been at work all day, babes. I did it. It's all right. <laughs> And then if I came back and I was a bit sad, you'd say, do you, you want to yeah. play Goldeneye? Goldeneye. Yeah. Should we do some killing? Do some killing. Yeah. The other night we were sat, we played football on Tuesday. And then we were sat, like, we were back at yours because yeah. I was doing a gig in the evening. And then you were like, yeah, let's have a bit of killing. <laughs> and then second game in, I was, Paul realised, I was like, he didn't wasn't looking at me, he was looking at the game. But my character just kept doing weird shit. And he's, just wandering and I, about. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, really sorry, I just nodded off. <laughs> Like an old... I was watching him through my sniper sight. Like I'd found a little position like up high, and I'm just watching him wander about and like walk into walls. I'm like, what's going on? He's there, just going. Oh, I was sorry, nodding mate. off I playing off. computer game. Yeah, I was a just sleep. So old now. Yeah, it's such an yeah, old what you frail. Do. I just yeah. nod off. Yeah, it was like, like what? It was like it was only four in the afternoon. Yeah, and I was having a granddad to yeah. have a little nap. <laughs> In the yeah. middle of a computer game, he's like, oh, sorry, mate, I'm going to have to go and have a lie down. down. <laughs> he went and had a lie down. Too much stimulation for one it day. It was, yeah, 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 yeah. But you're getting back out there, you're getting gigs again, you're getting funny again. You've got you. You've got your missus in America. I have. Very, very lucky now. It's a big turnaround from, yeah, being at a mm. very, very low point. Yeah. And everything, it, it's... Yeah, it's mad how much has come out of that situation and the people that were drawn to me in a really dark point in my life. Yeah. Because if it hadn't been for me working for Emma and her becoming such a good friend, yeah, and then us moving the shop from Covent Garden out to Islington, I wouldn't have met Andy and Scott, who were the couple that introduced me to Kaylee, oh, my yeah, fiance. Yeah, yeah. Kaylee and I. When we first met, it was at one of Emma's pubs. She runs pubs. That's right, there. yeah. It was at the Prince. Yeah, uh, it was at the Plough. Got the Plough, and yeah, then you got, so she got the Prince we were, Arthur yeah. as well, yeah. So Andy and Scott started off as clients of mine and Emma's. They knew to the area, just moved over from the States and right. been recommended to come to us. We'd been recommended to them. 
by their barber in New York who used yeah, to work right. with Emma. So then we became friends and over sort of a five-year period, them being very stereotypically gay New Yorkers, introduced me to every single one of their eligible female <laughs> friends that came over to visit. And what about them. this one? And what yeah. about this one? <laughs> then, um, yeah, introduced me to, to Kaylee back in November 2019. Um, yeah, and we, we really hit it off. But yeah. Like, Nothing happened between us when she was over visiting, but no. we stayed in contact with each other and it became apparent that, you know, there was something more to it than just a friendship. And she invited me out to New York, so I flew out in March 2020. Oh, yeah. Yeah, spent two weeks in New York, had the most incredible time. Uh, we went to go and see Ramesh Ranganathan was That's playing right. at the Soho Playhouse in New York. Um that was on our first full night in New York as well. Um, had the most amazing two weeks out there with her. Decided that we were going to give it a shot. Like long Ooh. distance was going to be difficult. But we were both pretty adamant that we felt the same way about each other. Yeah. And I think when you know, you know. You I know do, people yeah. say that and it sounds really cheesy. But when you do, you really do. You just hit you. Yeah. yeah. And um, I flew back and then locked down. Yeah. And then we went through what, like, maybe nearly two years of me not being able to get into New York because there was a ban on and then Europe you were, and the UK. That's right. And then you were trapped in the flat with us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that you had to be in the middle of our breakdown. Yeah. And then there was that one time we were tr- fuck that trying to figure out how you two could have sex down the line. Like, yeah. so there was a sex. We, not we someone else had found this sex toy that you could both enjoy whilst Remotely, looking like, at each other down zoom and I think they connect via bluetooth or yeah something, it was something know, mad like that and you're it. like and yeah. then i'm like now you now i look back i'm like wow we were pretty fucked <laughs> to think that that was even a good idea yeah. to suggest to a friend yeah. oh what you want to do you get yourself yeah. a flashlight yeah. she got some eggs yeah she and then a eggs. pair of you just pressed, yeah, just pressed press vibe, play. press play on your on your laptop. <laughs> it wasn't me. No, 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 no it wasn't. Yeah, it was <laughs> no, this wasn't me. This was someone else. Yeah, who remained nameless. Rather patronising suggestion from a certain person a who shall not be named. Yeah, yeah. That, that we went that possibly my my new romance needed. Electronic support, yeah, yeah, IT yeah. support. You need yeah. IT support for this relationship. I was like, we actually don't. No, we're okay. We're still- the irony that you, even with that thousands of miles of distance, like yeah. you have potentially could still have more sex than I was going to have. Yeah. Also, <laughs> the cost of those things. It was a lockdown. I wasn't working. No, I, I know. Got two hundred and fifty <laughs> quid to spend on an orgasm. <laughs> I think it. <laughs> <laughs> the intentions were pure, I think. Oh, oh, I don't yeah. fucking know. I don't know. I don't Who know knows? It. That was Never a weird will. time, wasn't it? Yeah. Strange time. But and we made it through sorry. that. We did. And now no, not me and you. Oh, you, you did. did. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. yeah, and now we got, and then we yeah. did to get, yeah. No, you did. No, and, and she, yeah, I was fortunate that, that Kaylee could still get over here and, and made it over. I think we did a year mm. of zero contact in real life but yeah. a lot of a lot a lot of FaceTime. Mm. And we still I don't think there's been a day in the we've known each other for over three years now. I don't think there's been a single day where we haven't messaged each other 
every Aww. morning it's good morning and multiple times throughout the day we mm. tell each other we love each other oh, and mate. like i know that she's three and a half thousand miles away but it's one of the most successful relationships i've ever had maybe that's it when you <laughs> actually eventually it. get to be together properly yeah. you should only you should only talk to each other through ipads well we've worried <laughs> we're worried about this like when eventually we get to the point where we get married and, and we're living together you know we're gonna we're going to have to try and orchestrate a way where we only see each other for two weeks oh, out yeah. of every three months. You have to fuck off for a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But you'll figure yeah. out. you adapt. Yeah, big house. It... <laughs> 3,000 miles between each yeah. room. <laughs> Sleep in separate rooms, in separate postcodes. <laughs> it's what we're used to. It's, it's what just we're what we're used, used to. to, yeah. But you're still at ELP and... Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I, honestly, mate, every time... People say to me, "Oh, where'd you get your hair cut?" I'm like, "Fucking Sweeney cut mm-hmm. it." And then they went, "Your barber's called Sweeney," <laughs> and I went, "Oh yeah, I didn't even get it." We spoke about yeah. this the gig the other night because yeah. Angela was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing comedy 19 years, yeah, and it took me to yeah. this now to go, yeah. oh yeah." Well, the whole reason I got into barbering, like because I was like cutting hair for friends, but then the one and only idea I'd had for a, a show that I hadn't come up with while I was with Lisa Thomas management Ooh. was a show called Sweeney's Cutting the Fringe, <laughs> where I was going to give comedians haircuts and just chat to them at the Edinburgh Fringe. <laughs> but I, wasn't, I, couldn't, I, like, I couldn't cut hair professionally. I had no. no background in it. So that's why I took the money that I was going to spend on an Edinburgh show. <coughs> yeah. And then that went, you know, on barbering. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. And that's and it. Then, yeah. And then we, we filmed the pilot for it, but it, it just, it didn't go anywhere. But I, I just ended up, ended up getting a job in a barbershop yeah. and cutting hair. And, and then. <laughs> you're really good at it. And you've ended up thanks. cutting the hair, cutting the hair to the stars, eh, Caster? All the stars. Hey, all of them. Gamble. A Caster, Gamble, Lysit. Yeah, Ruffle. Beckett, Ruffle. All the stars. All of them. Jim Campbell. Domit. Did yeah, you ever do Domit's? Yeah, early doors. Joel used yeah. to come to the academy where I was training, yeah, right. the, the, the barbering school. Yeah, and then I gave him like home cuts. Yeah. Yeah. That was one of the ones during the lockdown when you, via Zoom, you taught Joe Lysett how to shave, shave his head. head. Yeah. It yeah. Did. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. Mummy gave herself yeah. a haircut. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Oh, mate. I'm glad we did this. Me too. I want it because everyone. I talk about you a lot. Mm. I've mentioned you on various things, and I'm just like, yeah, this is. We wanted the man, the myth, the legend. Thanks. Come on, because you have got an interesting story. Yeah. And <laughs> it, and I've got to be honest. I haven't been in your flat since I've moved out. Mm. Even though, like we said, yes, it's like no, it still feels like my room. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it, it will always it, be it, your room. Like I'm haunting it. Yeah. You might want to change the sheets. Pop a it's, little plaque <laughs> up. Yeah, I do need to give them a one. <laughs> um, it's. I'm waiting for yeah, you to yeah. come up, come back and. I'll do come and do it. Drink. I'll do it. I'll be back. I'm next week, so I'll do it next week. <laughs> You're so sweet because whenever you come over, like sometimes, I work quite long days at, at the shop, and a lot of the time I'm there, or if I'm not there, I'm just not at home very much. Yeah. Or if I am at home, then I'm normally sleeping. Um, and I forget to do because it's just me now. I forget yeah. to do the bins or the washing up, and you'll come and stay, and the bins have been taken out. Yeah, the, the washing up. I feel <laughs> it's never like I don't want people to think I'm. No, you know, you're not living like a pig. No, it's not. It's, just it's like the not, bin is full and needs to be. Taken yeah, when down. you're and I'm, I imagine it's like I'll do it at some point, yeah. and then I see it. I'm like, I'm going to do that because I appreciate you letting me stay. Yeah, 
I do, and I know he likes the washing up done. When he comes in, he's like, he's such "Oh, a good that's boy. nice." I'm a great, I'm a great yeah, partner. You are. You're a oh, great yeah. boy. She's a lucky woman, your wife. She bloody is, mate. You have yeah. no idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, this has been great. Thanks, Paul. My Where can pleasure. we find you on the socials, mate? Um, I'm still. Still clinging on to comedy, Swain. Well, you're I, getting uh, back out there. You I'm just got to get out your own yeah, way. Trying to trying to live up to to that mm. handle. Yeah, yeah comedy look, yeah. Swain on on Instagram and it uh, Twitter as well. But I just don't use it anymore. No, for no other reason. Like I just don't like it. But it's still mm. there, so you can follow it if you want. Yeah, it's but, a bit uh, of a bin fire, isn't yeah. it? Twitter. Well, yeah. I use it for this and the occasional. I get a bit of an inspiration and tweet something, mm. and mm. but it's a tricky one. But yeah, I'm glad we did this. Shitting into well the done, void. Mate. Yeah, yeah, like everyone else. Yeah. Lovely. Oh, nice. All right, thanks, mate. Thank you. That's been lovely. Insane in the membrane. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Made by DarkHorseDigital.co.uk Shooting, live streaming and podcast production.